Ow, you press the button. Yes, I press Ow, the it's button. Cool. Okay, let's start. Think that in. <laughs> All right, that is the. How many tries is that? <laughs> like a million. All right. Run a million attempts to get this done. Let's leave it in. Okay. So we are back with our daily study. Yep. And we are in Second Timothy today. Mm-hmm. Which I talked about yesterday, being super excited about because it's one of the. It is probably the last letter that Paul wrote from prison, and this was in prison in Rome, and he was pretty much on death row at this point. He was he was expecting death. He knew it was coming. Um, so we're going but for it broke was a, at this point. It was, yeah, but the second imprisonment was definitely a lot worse than the first one in Rome. So anyway, he knew he was on death row. He knew it was coming. So it's kind of a final instruction, plea, and just a really super awesome letter that's completely relevant for all of us today. So, verse, wow, wow, wait, wait. Go ahead, everybody, and take a minute before we start and say a prayer. Okay, and then after your prayer. When um, you guys, when we get done doing this, if anybody is in need of a Bible, let us know. If you're in need of prayer, if you're in need of help with anything, go to the website, aphomechurch.com, message us, let us know. Um, any questions that we can answer, anything that we can help and counsel, um, any of the things, let us know. We want this to be as interactive and our family really is focused every day on serving whoever God puts in front of us. So anything at all that we can possibly do, be it um, just talk, prayer, a physical need, especially having a hard copy Bible to do when you, you know, you've got to be in the word every day. You have to be rooted in these things. And if that's something you're in need of, let us know and we will do what we need to do to help in whatever way we possibly can. So we want to make sure that we put that out there every time for every person um, when we do these. Amen. Yep. Everything that she said. Ditto. <laughs> all right. So now, verse 1. Yes. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. I'm going to stop right there and say, do you all know how hard it is for me here when we have to refer like Christ first and then Jesus. Oh, Paul does this a lot. In the, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Not because of that. Just because of dyslexia. Oh. It so if you. I slip up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll have to forgive me. Yeah. Because I like catch myself going, wait, wait, no. Not ready. Anyway, verse three. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that your first field, your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I know the same faith continues strong in you. 
This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Okay. I guess I should go into this because this might raise up a question, I guess, with the laying out of hands and the spiritual gift. Obviously, Paul was... Paul had different authority then, so that in itself is not applicable to anything that any kind of apostle or anybody can do, any pastor can do today. It's not like he can put hands on you to to give you a spiritual gift, you know, to pray over. That's not. That was this. That was this one-time deal uh, that that Paul had to continue his ministry and continue Christ's ministry on earth while he was here. Well, yeah, like Peter and the original right, tribe, the origi they were right. given they, special, they were given abilities, special and abilities and they all knew that most of them uh, ended up over time fading away for them. You know, they weren't, their whole, their whole, uh, their whole rest of their time on earth wasn't spent, you know, raising people up from the dead and healing yeah. the sick and stuff it was so they kind of faded over time but we do know that they definitely had special um, abilities be, being given to them for that purpose but it's not something that carries on to today but that could also just refer to him like or Timothy's ordination that could be what it is too but I know that's that's one verse I that gets brought up a lot with like the faith healer debates and stuff yeah yeah so verse eight so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord and don't be ashamed of me either even though I am in prison for him with the strength God gives you be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was to me in Ephesus. That is the end of chapter 1.
Anything you wanted to go over? That one is pretty clear. I mean, obviously you could tell this is kind of a dead man talking. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of giving his last words to it. He still obviously, he knows it's going to be some sort of time. Obviously the way that uh, Roman imprisonment and waiting to go on death worked, it was it was a process, mm-hmm. especially because they had to go through the courts usually. And, sure. and it, they were usually very backed similar up. To what so. we have to yeah, do. I mean, it's very, yeah, exactly what it is to today. Um, but uh, so he, he knew that he'd probably have a little time, and that's why he was hoping that he'd be able to see Timothy again uh, before this happened. Okay. Um, it most likely, though, that he didn't. He was most likely killed about two years, probably within a couple of years of this. Again, these are just dates that, like, really, really smart people argue back and forth all yeah, the time. Yeah, so. we don't have But it's, people. yeah, it's... I mean, we have it narrowed down. It's just... But I think that's about it for chapter one, I think, to add. But, so we'll go into two. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Right there, Paul's saying, you know, obviously the things that he taught Timothy were confirmed by many reliable witnesses that were witnesses to Christ. And this is kind of the the train of knowing, you know, obviously that we have gospel truth and knowing how the church continued after the death of Christ and through this. Um, Because obviously from Timothy it went out to... To you know, everybody in Ephesus, and then from there spread out to Rome and all around the world. Yeah. To actually to us now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Verse three: Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. I think this part's really important right here. You use um, this often. I do. I use this one very often. I mean, this tells you, plain and simple, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. I think anybody that's in the military obviously can understand this. They understand that while they're, you know, they're at work and everything, they're not worried about the things here you know they've got a job to do well look at when you are transitioning out of the military you literally go through classes of reacquainting yourself back with civilian life sure you you don't even know how to when you live within the military system it is a completely different way of life right it's it's just so different so much so that we've watched that firsthand right you know and you literally have to yeah we've been through we've seen the little books and heard about the classes they literally have to transition you know we've watched close family friends you know transition back into it and it's literally learning how to be a regular civilian civilian you know, again because you right. live so differently but think of that as soldiers of jesus mm-hmm. we should live completely separate lives whereas the ways of the world 
we'd have to take a class to, to learn how right. to do it. Cause right, it's so like we kind of know what it looks like. Yeah. You know, we don't. We like I know remember, I was like, there a long time ago, but that's like, not my life anymore. Everybody still watches like uh, like Magnum PI, right? <laughs> not really. Like not that, really though. like that. But um, that's what. That's exactly well, the, the, the way that we should look at. And the reasoning for why here, for if you are tied up with the affairs of civilian life, then you cannot please, please the, the officer. officer who enlisted you. Right. So if you are tied up and occupied with the normal ways of the world, the ways that every other person in your society is is tied up with, occupied on, busy with, all of those things, then you cannot please the officer who enlisted you, which would be Jesus. I don't want to be you doing ima- anything. I mean, that puts can you me- imagine just a soldier going off base and just doing whatever the heck he wanted, just rolling all over the place, getting in Not fights, worried outside? <laughs> like, yeah, can you imagine that though? Like, that wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. even think of that. You wouldn't think of leaving your post, leaving your position, whatever it was that you were. I mean, most soldiers, even after they have transitioned out, I mean, these habits do not go away. No, they're still, they're still very much ingrained for them. Why aren't we at this is the, but that's a perfect way Mm -hmm. to look at our relationship with Christ as is because we are, we don't take it seriously when we say that we're warriors of, you know, for Christ and it's a battle and it, you know, I, I was just talking with somebody recently. We were talking about these battles aren't, you know, like like me and you, flesh and blood. These are spiritual battles, and they're serious. And you really are a soldier fighting them, and you have to get in this mindset to fight them, yeah. um, to do it. So yeah, because you, if you don't, you can't even, you will not please the one that enlisted you, the one that's called you to this. You know the one that the one that that you signed up to serve. Yeah. So that's the way that we got to remember it. And and going into verse five, and athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach the good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Um, The good news that he preached is that Jesus Christ was a descendant of King David and was raised from the dead. That's not, that's gospel, the gospel, okay? The gospel means good news. So when we hear we hear that term thrown around, like, oh, brother, preach the gospel. And, like, we have that associated with any time somebody, like, Talks about talks Jesus. about Jesus or uh, you know even Bible re- you know it's like preach the gospel. Well, the gospel is this: <laughs> it's Christ, and that He came. He Died, was raised from the and dead, he's and He's coming back again. And 
that's definitely not a popular teaching or a popular understanding of the word gospel. gospel. Mm -hmm. And it should be. Ten? Eleven. Eleven. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot do, deny who he is. That pretty much talks about the Christian life right there. Mm -hmm. But even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He is good, not us. He is good, not as us. Yep. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Amen. And we see too much fighting over words, over things like that today. We're constantly, we constantly see messages, we see different things of just this fighting, things that people say and things that people are teaching and saying and got, and near, they're, they're useless, absolutely useless and they can ruin people. Verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I have to stop in the middle of the verse. Not even reading the whole thing yet. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. So you don't just get to say a little prayer and then live your life. and. Yeah, although we are talking about raising up leaders here and and this is definitely a uh, you know pastoral letter it's 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 you know definitely Paul is is definitely shepherding Timothy here you know and just giving him just his loving advice and truth but it's not just for that you know older experienced leader this is for all Christians across the board mm -hmm. now obviously there's this is in not everybody is is this is the same and the Lord knows that he knows that it not everybody's faith and understanding is all on the same level so it's to all to your own personal understanding and, and your ability to to do these things but still this goes across the board and this is what we're looking for we're looking for good soldiers of Jesus and to be workers that are approved by God be a good worker one who does not need to be ashamed and correctly explains the word of truth avoid worthless foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior That's one thing that that does go directly to teachers, though, to anybody that is any kind of lead. But this could be a father, a, you know, a father, a pastor. It doesn't matter. A youth leader, one who does not to be ashamed, and one who correctly explains the word of truth. That's very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. 
and we all need to be aware and just conscious of that at all times whenever we're reading the word. Okay, on to 16. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as is in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. I read this right here. Truthfully, we have really no idea of this, what exactly this was that they were they were saying it could have been kind of heretical. Mm -hmm. um, you can study all into these two, and, and there's all kinds of different theories and different information on them that are talking about this. But I think more along the lines of these were the Kingdom Now people of the day that were saying that Christ is not coming back anytime. That you're already in the Kingdom Now sorry you're just gonna be poor and everything's gonna suck for you sorry but you know but you know the the rich are still gonna be rich the poor are gonna be poor type deal um suck work for you hard and get work stuff hard done. and get stuff done type deal um and obviously that's you know for for somebody coming in to the faith that's you know all, that that would have been a it, uh, poor person or something like that they would have well, this is as good as it gets for me what what is what does this kingdom have to offer this is it yeah like they wouldn't have understood anything other than that yeah so that's what i read in into that which we will have a podcast coming out soon on in times and just different views, just a different kind of explaining, and then I'll give you my take on them. But so that'll be that'll come out. But in this way, what they're talking about the resurre resurrection of the dead already occurred. We're talking about uh, the this this time in the in the millennial thousand year kingdom that's spoken of in Re in Revelation that fulfills all the Old Testament prophecies of the kingdom of Israel and the the lion and the and the lamb lying together and all that good stuff so that's what that is talking about but just keep a lookout for the podcast verse 19 mm -hmm. but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription the Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil in a in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. This right here is so many people ask so many questions just about, you know, if this is okay, if that is okay, if this is. I think that question can most of the time be answered by yourself. Mm -hmm. You can you can say, does this stimulate 
any any lust that I might have in any way. When he says lust, it doesn't necessarily just mean you know the obvious form of lusts, but the lust of life, pleasure, mm -hmm. all these different things. The things the world offers. The things offers. that the world offers. And you should run from anything like that. And I, to be honest with you, I, I still have to, to run from that. From time to time, I'll be either you know, online watching something on YouTube or whatever, and I'll just have to remember. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just wasting time. I'm not even doing anything. What am I but, watching? And then, but then you think after a while, but it's like stimulate. Then you're like, yeah, I really want to go do something. You know what I mean? As far as like, mm -hmm. you're like, wow, that just something that just doesn't mean anything. It's just mm -hmm. meaning just, just be a waste of time. And you're like. It's giving me worldly uh pleasure in whatever yeah. sense you know but what how am I I always tell the kids that I go think about whatever you're doing how are you glorifying God by what it is that you're doing watching listening to playing thinking about you know right and, and especially be. playing how does that glorify God and people ask us all the time you know they have a hard time with movies TV music all these things biblically run from anything that stimulates you to sin anything but we're talking about if you have a language, if a mouth problem, you know, you, you which I'm a recovering mouthaholic. <laughs> I guess you would. I don't. I mean, I am. My family, and that's downside of my family is we all had terrible mouths. Yep. And my mother never raised us like that. No. So I don't really know where they came from. Yeah. Really have no idea. You guys are really bad about that. Really bad. But I have to say for you, you guys, but, Brandon got convicted of it in one day, however many years back, he just decided, I'm not cursing anymore at all. My mouth is, you know, taming your tongue is one of the, the most important things that you can do. And he literally overnight just stopped cursing. Yeah, I just, I had, that was one of my, uh, one of my things that I... My saw the Paul moments. One of them was mm -hmm. just definitely that. I was completely convicted of it, and I was like, "No, but I can't. I can't do that." And especially if I'm going to start this, I really have to clean up my mouth and my everything. So yeah, I mean, it it was it's definitely it's not a struggle. I I mean, every once in a while when I get angry, like really really upset, something will slip out. But it's not really a struggle. It's just something that I've left and I'm happy to because. It's something that disgusts me. I think now, and now I can't even hear it too much. You know, when I when I hear too much of it, whether it be in a movie or music or something, I have to turn and walk away from it because now I'm just like, eh. And it's not, not like I'm some prude, you know, that, that just like, oh, I can't, you know, that gets hurt every single it's time. But word. it's just like, yeah, it's just a word, but then it can be too much and you're just sitting there and you're like oh, okay but I've that's just unkind things this. in general and talking right. about filth in general right so but we shouldn't we should not subject ourselves to that kind of language period this should we we're not to get involved in any of these things it says run from well, anything that stimulates these things go into 23 and 24 <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean but i mean just we are to have these pure hearts in our mouths and how we talk and how we live that is just very very important 
very important that other people see that they hear what you say not just that you're using good words but it's what you're saying and what you're doing and how you're being that that salt of the earth you know to look the difference but going into 23 and 24 23 again i say don't get involved in foolish ignorant arguments that only start fights a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. And gently instruct those who put, who oppose the truth. I need to work on this. <laughs> Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they had been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. These people are literally caught in the devil's trap. So we have to pray for these people. And maybe that's why when we hear people that just violently oppose the truth or violently say something, we have to pray for them and tell them the truth. And pray that they won't because they are under the devil's trap, which that's literally, we have to take that literal meaning that the devil has control over their, that part of their thought process when it comes to this. Because it's, it's, he's held captive by this false teaching and belief in this, anything that opposes the truth. So that's it. That's a pretty serious statement. And Paul makes a lot of those serious statements like that, too. Much like John did, you know, and like the John that you don't know God type statements. You're a liar. Right. Paul does a lot of these, like, hey, people that don't or oppose the teaching or, like, pretty much Satan has grasp on them. And they've been taken captive they've been by taken Satan. They've yeah. let that overpower you know what's going mm -hmm. on which is a pretty bold statement you're like man we don't think we're like yeah but jesus came in and he he defeated everything so i guess there's still a very real enemy that rules this earth although he's been defeated he's still still going until the appointed time and his I said yesterday, you know, it's it's just the anti of everything that that, that Christ has and can do. And it's just a copy. It's just a foreshadow. But he tries to get you caught in deceptive teachings, deceptive arguments, foolish talk, all this stuff to just turn you away from, honestly, just from reading the Bible, mm -hmm. from wanting to grow close to Christ and making it more difficult for you to to uh, build your walk. Mm -hmm. So that was two. Let's go into three before I get too long. Well, we've got we're halfway through and we've already used up our thirty minutes. So heads up, it's going to be a little bit longer today. All we right, Morgan. It out. But um, it's it's good. She got me. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at chapter three here. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to go over on this one. So. Yep. Forgive me. But here uh, in chapter 3, Paul is explaining to Timothy here the dangers of the last days. 
the last days began at Pentecost and we are on the countdown clock on the way so now we are Paul gives the uh, impression here that it's going to be like birth pains he says in, in Romans that uh, they get worse mm-hmm. obviously in birth pains they contractions they get closer together and more frequent and once they get going they don't stop the baby's right, coming <laughs> right so these things have always gone on and they will always go on but as we get even closer towards the end these things will definitely definitely increase in frequency and intensity and we can see that here right in the beginning in these first beginning verses here so we'll just start in verse 1 you know, you should know this Timothy that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money they will be boastful and proud scoffing at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be, recle- be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly stay away from people like that okay does that sound like everybody's Facebook Instagram insert your whatever social media you have feed here or just in our general everyday life right yourself maybe okay unloving unforgiving slander others and have no self-control cruel hate what is good act religious this isn't I don't know I feel like we I feel like we have this idea of like oh yeah that's that's talking about those gangster people yeah, no those gangster guys that you know start having them riots you know this is slander unloving unforgettable like, we see that everywhere man it, it's constant mm-hmm. this goes down I don't I've said many times before, I'm a libertarian, and I don't like any of it, but we see it on the left and the right now that um, Cortez girl is the the right's left target. You know, obviously, the left attacks everybody on the right, but, you know, it, it goes back and forth, and it's just constant, just slander and fighting, and not only in politics, I mean, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. It's, entertainment it's, we do it with you know our own our own personal for like you said friends family this mm-hmm. could be me this could be you this could be yeah all these things you know, no self-control mm-hmm. reckless puffed up with pride we encourage that we completely it's ingrained to our everyday life you have to have your self-esteem Verse 6. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes, and when the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin are controlled by various desires, 
Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambri supposed to oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away from this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambri's. So obviously with the point of, um, you know, them getting, winning the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires, I mean, we know that so much within a family as far as the direction of the home really comes from the mom, you know, from the woman, from the wife. Um, especially if you think of, you know, if your husband is working a full-time job and he's busy, you know, doing whatever he's doing with that. I mean, even if you are working, working part-time or whatever, you're usually the one who is researching the things, right? Researching the the stuff for the kids, the stuff for the home. I mean, that's kind of just how it falls in that role. And so the best way to get into a home to get a hold of these things is through the women. I mean, look at the marketing tycoons starting in the 60s and the 50s. You know what I mean? If you, the moment you could go after the women and you can get that hold on. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say because you have, you think of like the door-to-door salesmen that that did start then and and the ones that got, you know, would go into and then would sell vacuums and crap that women didn't need and they would just vulnerably, they like, oh, that looks good. And then the husband comes home and he's like, honey, this is a cheap piece of why would you buy it? And it's not that women are stupid and you can't make No, no, not at all. But but the point being that when you isolate, right, you're always better as a pair. And so when you isolate the women, right, usually the guys are the ones, they're not interested, they're not going to listen. I mean, it's just like something in most men's nature, not every men's, but most men's nature that just kind of isn't that. But women, that's, why do you think not that men can't be marketed to because they certainly can. Oh no, we're we're horrible women at it. Are but. just I feel like across the board we are worse with that, right? Why do you think girls like glitter? <laughs> because it's sparkly. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, pretty. It is. No, <laughs> okay, that was do. not that did I not mean, mean any. Come on, guys, we can't walk yeah. through Hobby Lobby. We can't walk through any of these things because we're just like ooh, you know, and it's so it takes yeah. I mean, get, there is a simple. Uh, there's a little simpleness that you guys tend to gravitate it's just towards. It's in our nature. Yeah, they, so you gravitate, not saying that you're simple, but there's a simpleness that you gravi- gravitate towards. Like you said, mm-hmm. you can be you can be distracted by the smallest well, little... Well, and, and naive and, and, you know, different little things that you have. And so obviously... Yeah, but just like gardening, like most guys, not me though, because like getting old, I'm totally, and I know there is a bunch of guys like Paul and different things like that. The, yeah. What's his last name? I can never pronounce it. Correctly. The garden or the yeah. out of Eden. Gucci. Gotcha. Gucci. Yeah, whatever. He's awesome. Yeah. And so, but most men aren't into that, right? And gardening like that. But most women love it. I guess I'm stereotyping. But I think but the point being that it's just a people you are going about, um, which actually we should have Lex talk about because she talks about how the Jehovah Witnesses would come to their house uh, every Saturday right, and, try, and yeah. would to talk to her husband. Well, her husband is like, sure, I'll engage with you, but Travis just, I mean, he'll go through scripture after scripture after scripture with these guys. What about this? What about that? Let's look at this. What does it really say? Why are you believing this? You know, he'll do that. And so they found 
they thought it would be better to get into this home if they waited for the middle of the week and showed up when Travis wasn't home. Right. So they purposefully showed up when just Lex was home because there would be a better chance to try to get at them if they just approached her on her own was the plan, right? That and that's what these false it. teachers... She shut them down immediately right. and said, hi, I see what you're doing here, no can doesville. But that is what false teachers do so often. And when you see many of these big movements that we have going on, a lot of it starts aimed at the women and then takes off in huge strides. And it's like, well, I, it's really quite mm. simple and clear. Um, but anyways. Yeah. I mean, women, such women are forever following new teachings, but they're never able to understand the truth. We can look at that religiously. We can look at that politically. Mm -hmm. We can look at that in various... Guys, come on. Look at diet fads. Yeah. <laughs> Not that men don't do no, them too, but the whole... The whole industry is powered by women because us women will fall into these diets and fads and fashion even as one of them. We will fall into all of this constantly falling into it without ever realizing the truth of things, and it, it applies here too. So. Absolutely. Can we go on into chapter 4? Uh, verse 10. Or verse 10. 3. 3. Any of that. And hopefully you can get it done without taking forever. How did I end up in four? I don't know what you're doing. All right, I'm ready. Verse 10. Verse 10. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I quote that one a lot, too, and that's mm -hmm. very true. Um, to somebody just recently, I quoted it. Mm -hmm. Verse 13. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. And you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Let's just pause here and remember when he's talking about the Scriptures, that would be the Old Testament. Yep. So Yeah, the, uh, the New Testament wouldn't have been compiled yet, obviously. So the Old Testament has Jesus... Everywhere. Everywhere, Jesus yeah. just isn't in these last little parts. It starts in Genesis. Mm -hmm. All scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true, and it's to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. Mm-hmm. It should convict us. It should divide us. It should do all of these things. Set us completely apart from the world. Yep. It, and it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 
was chapter three. Yep, and you're going to do chapter four. Yep. And we'll be done. Alright, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage pe your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. I have Isaiah 30.10. Um, well, it's all on 30 there, Mark, there, so I made sure to put a little tab in it. But when it's talking um, right there, mm -hmm. this in Isaiah 30, starting really in like verse 8, but you just read this and and this is exactly what we're seeing today, but this was a warning he gave uh, to Judah in this part here. Um, it says, Now go and write down these words, write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness that these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instruction. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. This is, <laughs> this is people that don't want to hear the doom and gloom. I hear that so many times. I have heard people say, oh, the doom and gloom preaching or they'll mm -hmm. offset it or things like this. And I tell go, us good things. Tell us good things. I want to hear well, about the blessing. Let's and... just see what the response of God is in verse 12 there in Isaiah 30. God says, because you despise what I tell you and trust instead in oppression and lies, calamity will come upon you suddenly like a bulging wall that bursts and falls. In an instant, it will collapse and come crashing down. You will be smashed like a piece of pottery, shattered so completely that there won't be a piece big enough to carry coals from a fireplace or a little water from the well. Only in, <laughs> only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. And quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make you all flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. And that was Isaiah... 30. 30? Mm -hmm. Isaiah 30, like 8 to 17. Um, so, obviously he's talking about something specific in that instance, but we can still learn from these scriptures, like we were just told, you know, to read. And he's... Mm -hmm. Pretty hardcore how he feels in this stuff. Yeah, it's and it's but it's the same that we have today, and it's the same kind of teaching people. We and put I our and those trust are, and hope in the world, and we just want to hear good things that are about us prospering and all of this other stuff. And we want to just well, I don't well, you know. My well, security I, comes from my life here. Well, part of what the theology the the theology refs idea came from is is what is what are you saying what mm -hmm. in, in a sermon? You know, are you? A lot of times you just hear a lot of just this blessing or a lot of this You're nothingness tickling. or mm -hmm. a lot of this, you know, they build a sermon just off of just ideas and words. A theme and a, of some. Yeah, these, it just drives me absolutely insane. Yeah. 
so but that's exactly what he's saying not to do mm -hmm. so I'm showing everybody can agree this means one thing across and we can see this happening read the book apply everywhere yeah mm -hmm. verse five but you should keep a clear mind in every situation don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord Work at telling others the good news and carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Uh, it's pretty cool that if you notice right there, Paul says uh, the crown of righteousness, the prize that awaits him, the crown of righteousness, which the, the Lord, the righteous judge, will give him on the day of his return. Um, Paul's just talking about death here. He's talking about knowing that he's going to go be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But yet he's still looking forward to a time period where he gets a crown of righteousness that he'll give him on the day of his return. Mm -hmm. And not just for Paul, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Mm -hmm. Okay, These are people that are looking for the Lord's return. The, the Lord's imminent return is all throughout the New Testament. And he commands us to pay attention to the times and the seasons and to and he gives us a good gauge on around the time frame we don't know the day or the hour it could be a hundred you know it could but but with the increase of these things like paul is warning timothy mm -hmm. right you know with the with the way that that humanity in general will turn towards the end days here things line As up these things kind of line up you should be able to you should be able to tell and put these things together mm -hmm. um so looking for looking for christ and and putting these words and going oh man this is man what what paul's writing to timothy here is exactly what's going on in the world around me i should yeah man this means that 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 his his appearing his return is is right at the door and yeah. we are we are looking to return with him. So, I mean, honestly, we're looking for the catching up. We are yeah. looking for, <clears throat> we are looking for that, the rapture of the church. That's, that's the only thing that we are looking forward to. Uh, and obviously not only that day, but that is going to not, or I mean, not only that day, but not only us, but that's Paul. He's looking forward to that day yeah. so it's interesting that this is a specific event separate from where he's going to go be with the Lord anyway Yeah, he knows versus him waiting him. Yeah. for but there's still this other part this that other he's part. looking forward to alright right, so verse 9 Timothy please come as soon as you can I don't have much time left is basically what he's saying there verse 10 Demas has gone and deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Caprus at Taurus, 
Also bring my books and especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything that we said. You can read about this story in Acts. Mm -hmm. um, is what Paul's talking about, but it's, it's an interesting story. Verse 16. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Onesiphorus, Erastus stayed at Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with you in spirit, and may his grace be with all of you. Amen. So that was the end of our Timothy series. Yeah. It was pretty, I know we kind of fly through that one. Well, not really, because this one was how long already? Uh, about an hour. Okay, so we didn't fly through it as quick as I did. But I feel like... You could have. I feel like I could have spent a lot more time in both Timothy's, and hopefully uh, someday soon we'll be able to go back and kind yep. of re-go over it again. Uh, but this one, closing it out, these are all just very practical instructions and, and very practical warnings and things that we need to hold very, very dear to us as Christians. Uh, and, and we just remember to, to live by, by this. So, and it gives you great confidence in knowing that the return of the Lord is going to be very, very soon. Yeah. Because as the world increases in these things, and these things get worse, uh, his his return his return is near. Yeah. And and as we mentioned, the the podcast that will be coming out, kind of just going over the end times and uh, trying to decide that that one's probably going to be like over a couple part series. There's no way it's going to be able to be. But anyway. So that'll be a couple part series, and we'll kind of give you an outline and to show you the the only real time clock that we have involves Israel and what's going on with the nation of Israel, mm -hmm. as far as is our viewpoint goes. Uh, that's that's our only time clock, any kind of time frame that we have, you know, and that's not any secret information or anything like that, and it's no man does know the day or hour. Um, but the time and the seasons were clearly given to us. So, so we do know those times and we know that, uh, those just reflect off of what's going on in Israel and we can kind of get an idea in the way that, that things are kind of unfolding over there. Now it's setting, it, it's almost like setting up a stage mm -hmm. for these things to happen and, yeah. and you can see the, 
you know the lights being set up you can see the the stage being set and, and it's almost go time I don't know what yeah, that means the director's but about ready to call yeah action it, it is now. so we'll go into that but until then remember to do all these things that Paul instructs Timothy to keep yourselves pure to run from these things to stay away from people like this uh, just to get these things out of your lives and just to live righteously yeah and we'll be back tomorrow um we're going through the letters to the thessalonians next so oh we'll start good with that. Oh, yeah yeah oh, man we're gonna so this will be perfect time for our, our end of days <laughs> yeah that's gonna be coming up it was on their mind all the time so why aren't we talking about it yeah all right guys thanks for hanging out with us today all righty thank you